Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Ali Salama. Ali, you're the founder of Empower Magazine, and it's spelled E-M-P-W-R Magazine. You're the host of the Empathy Always Wins podcast. You're a mental health ambassador. You're a former pro swimmer, and uh, you've lived in some pretty exotic locations. Uh, so first off, welcome to the show. Thank you, Josh. It's absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, Ali, you at a, and I'll just say at a fairly young age now, you're 23 years old, uh, you've yeah. uh, been able to achieve some success very quickly. So what's going on? Yeah. I just feel like I have a lot of energy and I feel like I'm very, very, very fulfilled after really passing through a very tough time and a dark time in my life where I wanted to literally take my own life. So I feel that I've experienced some like extreme highs, extreme lows. And that's the reason why I did my mental, I started my mental health magazine. I mean, I was a former pro athlete. I, I swam in the world championships in 2014 and I moved to Canada to Toronto um, in September, 2014. And within 15 months or 16 months, I was diagnosed with two mental illnesses. And you're talking to a guy that actually did not believe in mental illness. Like I was losing it. And once I started to realize that I was one of the strongest people I ever knew in my life, and I was going through that, I started to ask, well, how many other people are going through that? Uh -huh. Because I had never, I had never ever, I thought I was a very empathetic person. I would always be the guy smiling at school. Even though I was very competitive, I always was a very bright and person that people always felt um, safe with. Uh, that's due to my mom's nature. My mom is a very, very emotional person. And I was always raised by her. So when I felt, when I went through that experience, everything changed for me. And I decided that I needed to start something to really empower men more so than anything else. Cause I knew that a lot of my girlfriends had a lot of mental health struggles, but what I didn't know was that men do have that too. And men fear shame and vulnerability. And that was the biggest aha moment that I ever realized. I realized that if I can be an embodiment of strength and power, yet also be an embodiment of vulnerability, then I can allow a lot more people to do that. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, with, without a question, uh, as dudes, uh, we, you know, yeah. there, there are times that we don't want to, like, we want to be strong for the people that we love or the people in our lives. You know, there's that cultural pressure to do so. And, but in so doing, that sometimes means that we don't feel comfortable in sharing all of our, our vulnerabilities. And uh -huh. so, um, so Ali, you, um, are, obviously you've kind of been very um, public about your, your own uh, mental health uh, challenges. And, and can you maybe share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So like I was diagnosed with clinical depression and identity mm -hmm. crisis. And um, we're talking about a, a three year period of my life where I, literally like one day looked at myself in the mirror and didn't know who I was from the voices that were in my mind. I couldn't recognize this reflection that I've always been used to as you and I probably do when we wake up in the morning and see ourselves in the mirror. It was that severe. 
And when that something is that severe, you just need to know that you need to go seek help, even if you're an entrepreneur, because I know this is an entrepreneurship podcast. And I know entrepreneurs are very prone to mental, um, not just disorders, mental illnesses because of the challenges that we put ourselves through. So I don't want to like steer it off into a mental health direction. I want to really keep it like, because I'm an entrepreneur too. And I have a lot of friends that really, 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 um, you know, we have to build a support system to be with each other because at the end of the day, we live very independent lives. That's all I have. So much like athletes, I mean, think entrepreneurs can hold very high standards for themselves. And I think that, you know, when we have these dreams and these goals and, you know, it's like, hey, I want to win the gold. And when we don't win the gold, some for some of us, it can be really devastating. Mm-hmm. I know that it can be that way for me. And so, uh, you know, and I'll say another area, uh, I think what makes uh, entrepreneurs unique is that we often don't have the support system that maybe other folks might have. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it, it, there's a saying, you know, it's, it's lonely at the top. And so <laughs> what would you say then, I mean, you know, for those who also may be struggling with disappointment and it, and it kind of sticks with them a little bit too long and they're ruminating a little bit too long, like yeah. what's the path forward from that for you? I honestly think that as, 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 as important as you are setting yourself up for financial success, I do one thing that sets me apart from my friends. And I, I always tell my best A alpha type friends, set a schedule for your friends. Just as you set schedules for your meeting, make time for those three or two people and set them in because this mm-hmm. is the emotional investment you need to have in your own self. Because once you're at the top, the, the worst like the ultimate failure is reaching to that point of success and feeling empty. This is what you don't want to have. And this is what a lot of people sometimes get caught up in when they're just racing because we do have that nature to get somewhere, but we need to also be mindful of how we're getting there. You know, that's actually a really good point. You know, I think about it from a physical fitness standpoint. And if we say, listen, in order for me to have the health that I want to have, I know that I need to block off, you know, three to five to seven days a week, you know, from X time to X, you know, to Y time. That's going to be the time that I hit the bike, I go for, go for a run, I go lift weights, whatever it is. Why do I do that? Because it's going to help me get the results that I want. And so, I think it's very clear for us to see I get benefit when I, you know, engage in physical activity. However, to your point, this is really interesting. I don't think I've really considered this. You know, do we schedule time with friends with that degree of, you know, certainty or, you know, importance where we say, I have to have, you know, three, you know, I need to have, you know, three lunches or three times I need to get together with a really good friend and have that time together. But that's, you know, that's probably just as important, if not more important for our mental health as, uh, as physical fitness. Yeah. Josh, I've never felt more happier, more productive, more successful in my life other than when I've done that. And that has resulted in direct, I wish I would have the funds to actually carry out a research on that because one day I will do that. And one day I need to make sure that this, this, because this is revolutionary. We know we live in very isolated micro communities right now Mm. that we sort of feel that, you know, to get forward, we have to like zone in, but you only zone in when you zone out. You can only zone in perfectly with sharp focus when you're able to maximize your zoning out meaningfully like that. 
by 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 doing that, i.e., choosing a, a network of five close friends that you can rely on, or you can call um, godfathers to your daughters one day. That's yeah. the type of that's how I label your close friends as a guy or as a, as a woman. Yeah. So right now, as of when we're recording this, obviously most of the world is, you know, in some degree of social separation. And so there are some inherent challenges that are kind of built into that getting together with people. You're not going to get together for lunch at a local restaurant, chances are right now. And the world moving forward may be forever changed as a result of, you know, this worldwide pandemic that we're experiencing. Um, even getting together virtually, can you talk a little bit about your kind of your experiences with that? Yeah. So I, I just want to say that right now we're, we are div- living in a digital revolution. And what that means is that the world will never be the same after, after, this, after this experience. A lot of us have realized that, in fact, while we are connected using Zoom, like how we're connecting together right now, um, we need human interaction more than anything else. A lot of us are very anxious despite being extremely connected. That only makes us realize the importance of being together when we can be together. I think this is going to revolutionize a lot of people, especially young people that never really took this for granted. So that's a very important thing that maybe your generation, a generation up from, from mine, maybe knew, but my generation never tasted anything otherwise. Right. So I think that is very important. But back to your question, um, how how is this digital landscape allowing us to interact? Well, let's take it a step backwards. How do you think we could have lived our 24 hours without the level of connection that we have, without WhatsApps, without iMessages, without the interconnectivity? Guess how more how much more anxious we would be. People are not like just. I, I was reading a post of my friend. Like, stop complaining that you that, that you're staying at home all day. At least you have a home. Mm-hmm. At least you have a home. And and I think that now our homes can be virtual, right? It made me realize that in many ways that our homes, like I could, I communicate with my mom over internet all the time, and she, I consider. Our, our our connection to be home. So now we, we have terms, we have ideologies that could not be possible because of the internet, but that will never replace face-to-face. Yeah. So, you know, if you are the founder of a company and you've got a virtual team, uh, you know, this would be a really good opportunity in hearing this conversation to say, how can I, you know, if all my team, they're all working from home, and maybe they're not getting out that much. They're definitely not getting out enough now. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that, that's one thing I'm thinking of from, for our team is what can I do to encourage uh, more socialization amongst each other rather than just like texting in Slack? I mean, that's fine. But, you know, uh, you know, for us, when we have a team meeting, you know, how important it is to do videos so that you can see somebody else. Video is just way more powerful than voice or text chatting. Uh, and so um, I think that would be something that, that as leaders, we can encourage for our distributed teams. Yeah. I'd like to add something to that because I just joined the CMA, the Canadian Marketing Association, as like an influencer slash content strategist. And one thing that Sheldon Rodriguez, the senior vice president, uh, I think, uh, I think SVP, uh, what he does with us every week is that we have a weekly social meeting on Zoom. What do we do? We don't work on Zoom. We literally talk, we start the meeting. What are we grateful for? 
What are things that have made us laugh? What are things that we want to share? And then we just share things about our life that has nothing related to work, but that allows me to go offline, uh, go on LinkedIn. I message this, my, I message my coworker, tell her that was actually really funny. That mm-hmm. allows for productivity. And that really allows for connection that stems way beyond work, but work isn't now personal. People used to say, oh man, this is business. Like this isn't personal. But the most successful people have have a personal affiliation with what they're doing. The most yeah. successful people are purpose-driven. And when you're purpose-driven, you, be, you have an empathetic approach to leadership. When you have an empathetic approach to leadership, you start seeing your subordinates, seeing your people as people that have missions and visions and a long-sighted goal and a strategy. And we're able to see that you see them no longer as a number and you start seeing them as a human being and you start really going way further and developing really personal connections. You know, one thing I just saw I think would be kind of fun for virtual teams. Um, there's there's lots of online games, of course, you could play, but there uh, there's one website, I'm not sure what it was, but um, where you can actually, you know, a bunch of people get together and they can all play cards together online and then they video chat while they're playing the cards. Yeah. Um, you know, I think finding things like that, I think, again, are really healthy for distributed virtual teams. Um, and, you know, again, if, if you've got healthy, happy team members, of course, your productivity is going to, you know, your turnover is going to reduce, your productivity is going to go up. Um, these are very important things, Ali, and I'm so glad that you, you're kind of bringing them to the forefront. Yeah, I think what we really don't realize sometimes, Josh, is that we're in it for the money. And that's really good. You know, I've known very, very, very really successful entrepreneurs. And I consider myself one as well. But I think the most important thing is the ultimate, the ultimate success for me is feeling like I'm never working. How do I feel like I'm ultimately achieving my, my utmost success, yet I feel like I'm having a ball every single day? And that is through infusing a sense of community. Like I am a community builder first and then a mental health ambassador. That is what I define myself because that allows me to connect with a lot of people. And the one thing I want to say is that also with what you're saying, playing games, Netflix just introduced Netflix. Uh, what's it called? Netflix Yeah, Party. Netflix with friends. Yeah. So like, it's a plug-in and you just watch Netflix with like someone across the world. And like for my yeah. team, we're, we're, in, we're across like nine different countries and 10 different cities from Cape Town, London, New York, Toronto, Dubai, Cairo, Alexandra, you name it. But this is why, this is the beauty of this digital revolution we're living in right now. And so tell me about uh, Empower Mag and why are you growing so quickly? Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I got invited, I'm not invited. I started the magazine on the 1st of March, 2019. And as soon as I started this mag, bearing in mind, I had to be in therapy for three years before I felt ready enough to share my story. This wasn't an easy process. So in saying this, there has to be a little bit of a consideration and jumping into this ship or this journey. So I started it and then I got a DM from a friend of mine. I'd had no idea who she was at the time. Uh, telling me, hey, you have to be at the Harvard Arab Conference. There's a first, there's a, one of the first mental health keynote panel, panels there. And I ended up showing up. The guy ended up being the World Federation for Mental Health president-elect. And he just was really interested in my story and interested in what I'd done with Visit Egypt and a lot of other projects that were very successful in social media and like that hit a million views in less than a week organically. I have a lot of experience in social media from that sense. And he was like, Ali, how is your generation, how is your generation doing that? And he ended up flying me to the World Health Organization and I spoke there. 
But the thing is that I realized with mental health, even though he was a very renowned and probably the most renowned professional mental health professional in the Middle East, is that there is a lack of data in in, in in the field. So what did I do? I just simply, I was starting my magazine. Now I know what I'm going after. The biggest problem is data. And we're producing content based on feedback loops, based on community building ex- exercises that I'm implementing. And that's what the magazine's about. So it's the first mental health magazine in the Middle East. Um, we're recognized by Harvard and the World Health Organization. Uh, we won the to- Harvard top seven most impactful social initiatives in 2019, which was wow. huge for us, huge for us. And ever since then, um, I didn't make any like revenue from the magazine until I started the world's exclusive youth leadership podcast on empathy and community building, which then became number one on Apple Podcasts. And that's what really took off on my end because I discovered that my region wasn't really looking for like yeah. at mental health because it's such an allergic word that (laughs) leaders don't like to hear. But when we talk about empathetic leadership, when we talk about winning with empathy, this is what folks like, you know, you and and, and I love talking about winning and and, and business development and like making uh, great results. And whether that would touch on mental health, that wasn't their priority. So I'd never sold it like that. So a lot of what I've done is actually strategic positioning. And that's heavily contributed to my success. Yeah. Now, have you had the opportunity now to, as a result of this, I, it looks like you've had the opportunity to work with some influencers in the, in, in, in uh, originally from the Middle East, other people that are passionate about this subject. Um, what opportunities has this project opened up for you? Oh, everything, everything. Like, um, like uh, I'm, I'm also a UN, um, UN uh, uh, World Tourism Organization award-winning producer. So the, the project that um, we did for Visit Egypt um, uh, went on to winning, the, the, I think, the, the best promotional film of the year in the Middle East. So my experience in Empower creating a community with Visit Egypt by the way, it's very important to know that those two projects were my graduation school projects. I had two grad projects <laughs> and they were two. Um, I just had to now focus on Empower because the other one was a little bit out of my scope, my, my, my purpose scope. Mm-hmm. But that definitely led me to know how to create great and beautiful content that wins global awards. At the end of the day, I'm a media company, Josh. And yeah. as a media company, I need to be able to know how to produce media for my target consumer, for my target audience. How do I design all these elements of a, of, of a message that needs to be within a consumable product or a package or a film? And that's what I learned. I learned from the best company in, in travel media, which is Beautiful Destinations. And Jeremy Jonesy, um, who is a great figure and a great man, we work directly with him and the Minister of Tourism in Egypt. Yeah. And I learned a lot, a lot. What is the business model behind uh, Empower? The business model behind Empower is basically now shifted to podcasting. So because of the success of podcasting, I now offer services to great companies that want to build higher wellness, like higher engagement within their organization. So what I believe that's going to happen in the next five years is I believe that kids going to school won't just listen to music. They will listen to their daily schools announcements via podcasts on Apple and Spotify and all other platforms. Why? Because when schools realize how easy it is 
with hiring someone like myself or institutions or companies, hiring someone like myself, producing a show and having some sort of a structure that engages every single employee, every single member of that community, having some sort of a featured spotlight, bringing light back to its members and giving back in some sort of a novel idea. This is, this is, this is, this is, um, this is our business model and we're, we, we've been successful at that. Very successful. Awesome. Well, Ali Salama, you're the founder of Empower Mag, and you are the host of the Empathy Always Wins podcast. Empathy Mag is on the web at, or I'm sorry, Empower Mag is on the web at empower-mag.com. Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Josh. It was, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.